Hey sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think, outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back, show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine, even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my- Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces, outstanding prices. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Sorry about the too long an intro coming in. We are in the, even though it is, oh, is it the first day of summer? Could be the first day of summer. Either that's the 19th or the 21st. But here we are. It's a Saturday. Lots of traffic coming in. I had to do some things south of where I am. It sounds like I'm going to do things south of where I am. It sounds like I was getting ready to masturbate. No, I had to go south to my other job to do some required training I have to do every couple months. Some uh, CPR training. And they do this automated thing. And the automated... uh, The automated CPR they do... Is with those, obviously, with the respiratory CPR dummies or mannequins. Uh, there's an adult one and a infant one. And they give you a test. You do a little test and you, you do scenarios on what you come upon, what happens, what, what happens when there's no response and things like that. But then it's a two-part thing. There's one on the test you do on the computer. And another one you still do on the computer, but you're doing it on the mannequins. And the mannequins are hooked up to a computer. And it coaches you through the routine. And since I've been, it's been, gosh, almost 10 years that I got my first, well, I have got my CPR training years ago. But then recently on a regular basis, I've been renewing my CPR training it used to be every year every two years now it's every three months but it gives you hands-on training so you go in there and I always have a hard time finding the test itself but once I get the test it's a breeze so I had to take care of that business today and do some banking and it's normally not a chore but ever since Abby and Sky went to. If this is your first episode, Abby, well, I'm not going to explain. You should go back to a couple episodes to know who Abby and Sky is. But my wife and daughter, the wife I'm not married to, right? But I keep on referring to her as a wife, but, and my stepdaughter, they went to Poland on Thursday. So I'm never without them being here. The only one I'm responsible for is our dog, Roxy. And Roxy 
we have this constant debate back and forth, Abby and I, about whether our dog, a, a little eight-pound terrier chihuahua mix, understands what's going on. Well, she understand still what's going on. But when she sees the suitcases, she gets all excited. And not in a good way because she knows someone's leaving. And she she normally doesn't get upset when we leave for the day. She just sleeps. She just goes to her. She has three different places she likes to sleep in a house. Or four, actually. Five, if you count. My stepdaughter's bed and our bed. She likes to go to sleep at night on my stepdaughter's bed. And halfway through the night, she comes to Abby and my bed and sleeps there. But now she's just freaking out. She never barks when I left before the girls left. Now she freaks out, starts breathing, heavy, panicking, and separation anxiety. She never had that before. Think about getting her like CBD. If you have any listeners out there have any suggestions, I need to get it, especially since we're in the rainy season and a lot of thunderstorms. So I want to get something to kind of calm her down. And uh, I'm thinking about like some pet CBD stuff like that. Stuff prescribed for pets. You know, pet melatonin, things like that. I'll do some searches on Amazon, a little research. See how that works out. Well, like I said, we're in kind of a... a in between season right now, we have a lot of people coming down. Still on the weekend, we have, uh, I'm talking about the Keys in general, have the people that have rental properties down here that live up in Miami, Lauderdale, and places north, they come down on the weekends. And I had to decide when I was going south, I had to get it on the road by 1030. Because that seems to be the cutoff point where people start, you know, in volume heading down here. And right now, it's 12 o'clock, 12 noon. I got here maybe 20 minutes ago, 5 of 12 on a Saturday. And that's when it started backing up. There's northbound traffic and a shitload of uh, southbound traffic. It's nice if you're working in the business that needs that traffic. It's a, imagine it's a hassle for the other people that aren't in the business that see it as a nuisance. The people that have vacation homes down here or the people that live down here and don't aren't involved in it. But yeah, the same people that bitch about it are the same people that come into the restaurant late at night. Right before we close. And every so often, you know, you get people that we call them in the industry, in the service industry, call them campers. I'm sure people have other terminology for that, other words. But campers, they stay after everyone's left. And you want to be accommodating, especially the locals. Well... There's a certain locals that seem to be completely oblivious to the fact when they're the last people left and we're sitting around looking at them and they're talking. Well, they have no idea or they don't care 
I come down halfway in between. I think they don't know and don't care that they would stay. And last night, we had those people. Our kitchen closes at 10. Normally, the last person's out of there. You know, if they're eating, when the time they're eating, probably like 20 minutes, 30 minutes after that. Well, these people hadn't eaten since 9. And any food since 9 o'clock. And the kitchen closed at 10. And we made the mistake of serving them again at 10.30. Right? We got their bill and they settled up. And then they wanted, one person wanted another beer. And I said, no. Then they go, why not? I said, well, we need to get people to start emptying their drinks because of the natural way we want to do it. I want to explain to them. I say, that person will do our work for you. And she goes, what do you mean? The person without a beer, well, I know it sounds horrible, but they'll be the one that gets everyone moving. So let's go. We got to go to another place. It's open later. So we're a bar restaurant. We're not open to 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. It's a long day, you know, and then people don't really understand. It's kind of a, you know, you got five people waiting around for maybe five, six people. And you go, well... You know, you're not going to make that much more hanging out another hour and a half with those people. And no one knew's coming in. We just don't get that late crowd. And we don't want to walk over to them and say, hey, listen, we're going to be closing up. Could you wrap it up? You know, we'd like to clean the floors and get out of here and stuff. We still have things to do. We got another half hour after you leave of things going. So, you know, you try to reason with people, but they were drinking for a couple hours. And they're they're looking and saying, well, do you have to, do we have to leave? And I said, right after I explained to him, I said, I just explained the situation. Wouldn't, wouldn't you want us to go home eventually when we're done working? Oh, yeah, but we're, yeah, you live in the neighborhood. You live in town. So you're welcome to go to your house and drink or... There's other places, but they they like the thing where it's, they're the only people in the restaurant. And they do it on a regular basis. They do it when there's only two people and stuff like that, and they just don't realize it. And they're never going to change because they're in the 50s already. What I mean, if you've been doing it your whole life, and these people are contractors and things like that, it's not like he, they know what... I mean, their jobs go late. They're late on jobs because they have to get a job done. But they also can leave early if they don't have, let's say they're waiting for concrete and the concrete isn't going to come or cement. They're waiting for, and it's not, it's, it's not on its way. And that's what they had planned doing today. That's the next step for them in the construction process. Well, at that point, they go and say, well, we don't have anything else we can do here today. So we're going to leave. You know, and then you have your people, you know, the guys that work in construction, sometimes they work till four o'clock because, you know, they're done. They start at eight, work till four. I know they like to, you know, down here, you'd like to start a little earlier if they can because of noise codes. They really aren't supposed to start doing work till eight o'clock. But in all, you know, if there was no people, no neighbors nearby or anything like that, it would make sense to start at six in the morning. And have everything done by 2, 3 o'clock. 
know, at the height of the heat, finishing up. But we're not talking about that. How do, I wonder if any of the people in, in the business, do you ha- handle it differently? I know bars where they would just go and say, hey, the bouncer would come up and say, you know, that it's said in a million different places, a million different ways, but it's pretty much closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's that's what they used to do at the bars. Now, you can't do that at a, a restaurant. You can you can do it at a restaurant, actually, if you want to give off that vibe and say, hey, listen, folks, we're closing. Uh, we'd appreciate if you could finish up and go. And that's the reason why we're not giving you another round of drinks, because you would stay. You don't know when. They never, an hour and a half after the you know we're usually closed, they, they give no signs that they're ready to leave. And they don't tell us. They, they might have the intention of staying there till one. They may have the intention of finishing up their drink. We don't know, so that's why we have to tell them. People say, why can't you naturally just let them stay? And say, why, why would you? Why would you naturally have someone stay and keep you till one o'clock? And then you come up to the customer's always right. If you did the customer's always right, and you always had difficult people come in here, and they're always asking you difficult questions and things like that, and making your life difficult. People eventually leave that place and say, hey, listen, you know, you can't work there because they'll bend over backwards for the customers, even if they're being unreasonable, and you're left out there in the cold. So it's a hard needle to thread. Well, I'm going to get back to that thing. With the girls gone, I have to fill my time. I can't just sit around and watch movies and stuff like that. I have to do my podcast. I have uh, notary stuff to do. I had education requirements. I have, you know, I have to go to work tonight. Now, tonight's a Saturday. Usually, it should be a pretty good night for us. We've been having good traffic. We'll get the late people in there. We'll probably have the last table leave right around. Even if the late crowd, 11 o'clock instead of 11.30. That's an hour after the kitchen closes. Pretty good, right? Yeah, it's not like we're speeding anybody out. It's just the way it is. And we're kind of doing that for the kitchen itself, too, because they're not. You get you got to be careful with your staffing, right? It's hard enough to get people to work nowadays. And if you just kept on staying open late, open late, open late because of the one table, eventually people are going to say, well, I'll go to other places. They don't have an option. There's a lot of restaurants closing and there's a lot of, I don't know what they're doing as jobs. Maybe, maybe they're right about people not wanting to work because they're on the dole. I don't have enough information. I can I only have the things I know, like how hard it is to get an employee to stay, how to find new people. We pretty much have all we've hired two new people. It's not a big place. Actually five new people in one year. Which isn't a lot of turnover in a restaurant. But then we're not a big restaurant. May have like 15 employees. 
employees. I mean, 18 employees, maybe. Count the floor staff, maybe another seven, eight in the kitchen. Yes, 16 to 18 people. It's got to be tough at those bigger places because you have a big venue, you got to have big turnover. They don't do that hands-on thing where you feel like you're... When you're working in a small place, you feel more ownership, I think, as an employee. I had my friends come in last night, Sean and Michelle. And they, they're they one of the regulars that come in and they have questions. How's it going? How busy is Michelle? But Michelle and Sean both worked in the business and they know how it is. And you know how to behave. You know, some people don't know how to behave, but they know how to behave. They're fun. They they know when I'm busy and talk. And they know when I'm not busy and I can't. And I love talking to them because they're both intelligent and fun and funny. And I get ideas from them. And they're the people I don't mind if they, they, they for some reason, they know when we're closing up and they want to leave. And you want to keep them to stay because they know. And you say, hey, you're sitting at the bar. You can finish up there where, you know. And then we could do it 15 minutes later. They're not demanding. They, they're just, they know what they want. They get what they want. They order what they want. They get what they want to drink. And that's it. It's not a constant battle. And talking to uh, Sean, it was funny. You know, there's tons of people that come in regulars that end up knowing me from the places I worked before and living in town here. And you know that four years ago, it's funny, Every I fucking realize that when you tell someone, I, I sound like an asshole when you say, oh, I got a podcast. You want to listen to my podcast? Is it is it interesting? I, I tell people, I say, hey, listen, it's not for everyone, it's for certain people and that's the way it is. Some people find it interesting, other people don't. But I keep on doing it. I I don't at this point I don't even realize what oh it's four I think it's four sixty three. I think it's four sixty three. And Sean asked me and stuff like where is it? How do I find it? And I thought, you know, originally when I created the name of the show, I wanted to make it apparent. Keys bartender. I'm a keys bartender. But then again, I go, wait a second. People say, do you, what do you talk about? Bartending? Making drinks? Well, yeah, I do talk about that every so often. And I get I get that, but there's people that are more qualified than I than I am, really, or skilled, that know a lot about bartending. I'm not saying I know those things. I think I'm a good bartender who's fun and entertaining, and I that's what I bring to the table. I know my skills. A lot of people don't realize that. Some people think they're exceptional at everything. I think the things that you're good at and the things you play to make you exceptional. Where people think they're exceptional and everything they do is an exception. And that's not true. Everything I do is not exceptional. Every, I mean, every so often, I wish I didn't do it, my attitude dips with 
let's say, when I'm hungry. I don't get as tired as much because, you know, I'm physic- I've been taking care of myself physically. But because of that working out, I guess I have a need for calories. And when I get a deficit of calories, I start getting kind of nasty, hangry. Right? And then I get things that are on my mind when you're bartending and you could be distracted. And bartenders understand this and I guess servers understand this. Anybody that has a job where you have multiple people talking to you at the same time. The way the bar is set up, and I should post some, the way, the way the bar is set up at the catch is that people sit on three sides of the bar. The back of the, um, it's, a, it's a long rectangle and we have about 20 seats around it. Right? And then at the one end of the rectangle, one of the short ends, is the kitchen. And that's where people come in. And that's a window where everyone gets their food. And that, that's kind of like a uh, bottleneck right there when you get someone that comes in and stand there in front of the kitchen because it's blocking the entrance to the bar area if you have to go outside. But at any moment, you could have someone from the kitchen calling, you have the phone ringing, and you can have a couple people at that bar, especially around, you know, right around 6.30, 7 o'clock when it's still busy at the bar because I got my happy hour crowd and things like that. People like to sit at the bar to get served. Some people like that. Other people go to the table. And I always talked about how the people that sit at the bar are different than people that sit at tables. And they sit at the bar because they want some, I think they want some interaction. Because otherwise, why when unless there's no tables available, why would you want to sit at the bar if you didn't want anybody to talk to you? Because if you know sitting at a table, you only have the server, and when the server's away, no one's going to talk to you, unless you have one of those pushy next door table neighbors, right? And they go, "Hey, what you eating over there?" I mean, I have people when the foods come up, they have people like that. What's that? Is that chicken wings? I said, no, that's a Caesar salad. How did you confuse that with chicken wings? Oh, what are you making there? What are you making? What are you making? What are you making as a drink? What's that drink? What's in that drink? Whose drink? What kind of drink is that? Oh, is that, and I'll go, is that a pina colada? No, that's a seven and seven. There's no cream in it. It's not frozen. And that's the kind of questions you have people say, you're making drinks, you got orders, and then you got servers yelling orders to you and you know 86 this 86 is a restaurant term for you ran out of that so you can say 86 whatever menu item isn't there or liquor and you you tell them you acknowledge that you heard it right just like a normal human being a normal human a normal human being would acknowledge when they say something, just going to look at them, give them the dead eye zombie look when someone says 80, you know, 86 to one of the menu items and you just look at them with those dead eyes and turn around and don't acknowledge it. So there's a lot of distraction going on there. And that's the thing where you might get a little impatient. But, you know, when you're in a good mood and you're in a flow, you can do almost anything. We've changed our menu over. I'm doing a lot more old 
old fashions and mojitos and sangrias and we make them obviously we don't do a pre-mix we don't have a pre-mix for any of our frozen drinks I mean we put the Coco Lopez the pineapple, the rum in the blender and we do that we don't have the machines and stuff like that so when someone comes up and orders a Miami Vice which we don't have because we don't have strawberry daiquiris. But we don't have strawberry daiquiris because people don't drink strawberry daiquiris down here that often. Or we're not that high a volume of place where you want to keep daiquiri mix around, necessarily. Maybe not. Who knows? But we do a lot of mojitos and things like that. <coughs> but when someone calls for something like, oh, well, just mix it with Rum Runner and Pina Colada, and I go... You know, we don't have these made up. we got to make these from scratch. So when people order them, I said, listen, do you know, there's a, a different price structure for that. A lot of people don't realize that when you, when they order a drink, they go, well, there's not that many ingredients in there. How come I'm paying so much? Because certain things are labor intensive. Someone orders a 7 and 7, a 7 and 7 takes like three seconds to make. Glass, ice. Soda and seven, um, seven up, secret seven, boom, thousand one, thousand two, seven up, and away you go. How long was that? That was that's three, four seconds. And then you have people, they they just don't understand. I just want, I like my drink like this. I want the 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 thing about the people, they want what they want when they want it. We've had this. Discussion several times, and I want to go over that again. They're hardly ever happy. They're happy when they get what they want, but they have a certain focus on they're not going to be happy unless they have that thing. I only drink Coors Light. And if I have a shot, it's Fireball. That's it. I mean, it's nice to get... I mean, if you're going to be... a drink the same thing all the time and it's going to be a rare item like if you drink well well vodka and club soda you're most likely never going to have a problem getting what you want but if you only like Pravda vodka with seltzer real seltzer that has the balance of the salts in it and all that stuff, then there's a lot of times you're going to be unhappy and you're going to have to go, do you have Pravda? Do you have Pravda? Do you have Pravda? I mean, that, if, you're just, if you're a salesperson, that's, that's a great way to really push your product by asking and having several people call up. The phones. Let's get to the phones. You get people asking questions. You wonder what kind, where they're getting at with the questions. Some people call up and say, hey, uh, do I need a reservation? No, you don't need a reservation. Oh, okay. I'm th- I have about 22 people. Do I need a reservation? I said I would call for, you know, if you're going to come in. And, yes. If you have 22 people, I would suggest you always call. And we had kind of a prank caller doing that last night, but they didn't do anything funny about it. They go, yeah, you have room for 22 people, blah, blah, blah. When are you going to come in? And they don't answer. And they call again. Do you have room for 22 people? I guess there's something about 22 that was funny because they didn't do anything to follow up. You know, in the day, 
there was usually a punchline when people prank called on the phone. We get other people calling up and say, hey, listen, do you have the specials for dinner up tonight? He said, no, they normally come up, you know, during lunch. I go, no, we don't know, but I can tell you the items we're going to have, kind of items we're going to have tonight. You know, we're going to be featuring this fish, this fish, this fish, and we have prime rib, and we're going to have a ribeye on special. But I don't know what the special is going to be, but we'll find out if you call after 5 o'clock and you find out. Do you have a live entertainment? No, no, we have music, though. There's a jukebox there. But mainly a restaurant, you know, we're not a big place, so... It's hard to get a band in there. We used to have a band all the time. And then we realize you have to, when you're making a decision about music, you got to think how much you're going to pay, how much it's going to cost you. You normally give them free food and free drinks. And you think, okay, whatever the cost of that, add it with the cost of the money you're going to give them. And let's say it's $300 or $400 or $500. You got to replace that $500 with $500 worth of profit because that's a direct cost at $500. And an average dinner person, if you make $10 on your average dinner, that means you need 50 more people just to come to zero. To make it worthwhile, you have to have like 60 or more. Now, if you're pretty full on Saturday nights and you can't fit 60 more people, why would you have music? And people don't see it as that. They said, do you, do you just, why, if they're going to come, why would, you, why would you add to your cost if it doesn't add anything to you? What's well, a nice thing to do. Well, who does nice things, you know, for businesses? When do they throw things in when it doesn't make them any more money? You could do it every so often, but if you do it on a regular basis, you're gonna it's a nice way to you know become an, a closing business or a business goes out of out of business. And we've seen that down here. And small venues and stuff like that, we probably can pretty much handle just like a guitar player because of the size of the restaurant we're having. And once once we have a band in there, every time we have a band in there, I can never hear what's on the phone. When the phone rings, people say, why aren't you picking up the phone? I said, I could pick up the phone, but if I pick up the phone, I would have to leave the bar. And then if I'm not you know, at the bar, I can't, I can't make the drinks and we're very busy right now. And people get upset after that. And I said, well, what am I going to do? What can I do? It's very loud in here. In order to take the phone call, I'd have to go outside. And obviously, I can't go outside when I have a full bar. And I'm by myself. So that's it. And people know you, you, that's the things you have to handle. You got to be diplomatic. You say, hey, listen, yeah, well, you know, try to explain why don't you have music. We don't have music like that. I think the locals want to hear, why don't you have music anymore? Now, 
they say, well, I remember there are about 15, 20 people coming there. And I said, you know, about five of those people, 15, 20 people that come to see the one band, maybe five or six of those people will just come in and eat. And then nine to ten of the other people will just have a couple drinks. You're not making the difference off of that. You're not covering. You're losing money. Unless more people come in. And you got to have music consistently because people need to know you have music and you're going to go there for music. So, you know, if you, you have a big place and you can have like, you can have like 120. There's a place to the north of us, right on the other side of the bridge. When I say north of us, it's about five miles north, six, no, seven miles north. Uh, Gilbert's. And they got a huge tiki bar. On the floor, they can have 100 people in front of the bandstand. They can have 40 people around the bar. And then they have another tiki. I mean, it, there's two tiki bars on the one tiki hut. And there's another bar that handles like 12 people. They can have like 150 people right for that, you know, looking at the band. And then they'll have seating for another 100 people, 150 people on the rest of the property if they don't want to listen to the band. Perfect situation to have music. And then you see when the band's there, you can see the people and say, oh, well, if the band's not there, and you say normally we have like 50 people, and then when the band's there, we have 150 people. And you say, well, that 100, that's $1,000. But, and there was like on a Sunday, you just have, it'd be crazy there, crazy. And it's a it's a big tiki hut with I'm going to probably do a show from there and I'll try to do a video a streaming video to give a rundown of the whole place a big tiki hut and a tiki walkway that goes over to another big tiki hut and that with a nice big bar for two people and it's like you can have four people at the one bar two people at a smaller there's I think there's at least three bars there. There's so many bars and stuff like that that they don't have enough parking. And then that's what a crazy thing about parking. You always hear that. You hear that down here. There's not, it's a small island. I mean, parking, you got you to gotta carpool. Not everyone carpools. A lot of people come out and they bring their own car. They hope that someone's going to ride home with them. But that doesn't always work out that way. A lot of these guys are driving home alone. Kind of like me, I drive home alone. But I'm not going to the bar there to meet anybody there. I rarely had that opportunity down here to just go out. But that's the nice thing about being a local when you have references. You know what I'm saying? Let me go into detail. Since I said that, it brought on another association. That association is for the single guys and ladies. Right? If you're out trying to Meet some of the tourists. Now, I had a couple pleasant run-ins with tourists. They happened pretty quickly. I won't go into further details about it. But I was the bartender. I had uh, references. When I say references, I had people that knew around me. With a tourist... 
you know, it's kind of tough for the ladies because you don't really want to hook up with somebody you don't know. You don't have any idea what they're like. I mean, sometimes they may make exceptions because of the way they're attracted to someone, but uh, it's, you know, still in this day and age, this may sound misogynistic. Uh, I, in Philadelphia, I once met a girl and I, I don't know if anything happened, but I may, something may have put in my drink and I got rolled for my, my wallet and my watch. The only time that happened. Didn't stop me from meeting people, just stopped me from leaving my drink when I went to the when I went to the restroom. So I can't imagine how many times that happens to girls. I heard about it so sometimes I see girls getting a little woozy and I try to get them into their friends when I try to. I almost always do. I don't I haven't been presented with a situation where strangers trying to grab somebody but you don't always know that in a crowded place we kind of know it in the mom and pop that people come in with them and say are they with you and they tell you they're sitting there by themselves and someone comes and sits next to them you know if they know them or not and if they start getting crazy I start going I remember some girl uh, several years ago and she was getting something was happening and I, I knew her as a local, and I, uh, I said, "Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna need a ride home." And a guy next to her who I didn't know said, "I'll drop her off." And I said, "Do you know her?" Because well, I just met her on fine. I go, "No, or that's not going to happen." I said, "I need to know that you know her." And I asked him, "Do you know him?" And she goes, "Yeah." What's his name? I don't. And I, no. And I'm not suggesting that that's the guy that did it, but he probably could be the guy that did it if that was his plans. If he did anything or could have been someone just getting drunk. A lot of times people blame their imbibing, over-imbibing on roofies. I'd say there's probably some kind of correlation there. But after you, almost anybody, I have people when they do like multiple shots and stuff like that, you don't need to drop a roofie on someone for to get them disoriented. And I hate, I hate to have to be paternalistic, but I will be when someone in my bar is helpless. And I'm not trying to be a hero either. It's just like I'm responsible. And I'm too much of a coward to be able to deal with the guilt of anything happening bad. I feel responsible. So, I wish I didn't sometimes. I wish I didn't, you know, when I see something going on, I wish I didn't feel responsible. I said, well, you do. You got to do the right thing. You got to know in your head. When anything's happening, going down at the bar, you just think, you got to just do the right thing, buddy. Don't overthink this. I know I was all around today, but you know what? The girls are away, and this is what I do. I appreciate you for listening. We are probably, I'm probably going to do another show tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? But I'll get up, go to the gym, take care of business. Got my dog food, got my dog ready, got extra bag, maybe get another bag of food for my dog because I still don't know if I'm going to Poland or not. 
I found out yesterday, though, they are perfectly fine. They got everything. The girls got everything they needed done. They got over uh, when they flew over to Poland. Abby Sky and Abby's sister. Abby's sister didn't have the vaccine. Or Sky, who's 14. So they tested them in Chopin Airport in Warsaw with one of those quick tests. And they were fine. They made it to their final destination, which is in southeastern Poland, Zeszow. I made, uh, and they got their rental car, and they ended up getting their, they, they rented a small condo in their hometown. And in a couple days, they're probably going to make their way to uh, central southern Poland, during more in western. And Poland's not like the United States, where... It's about a two and a half, three hour ride to get to the mountains. You know, everyone thinks when they go over to Europe, they say, hey, everything's, uh, everything's so close. Well, because it's not as big a landmass as the United States doesn't mean it's dif- not difficult to get someplace. So the town where they're going to be going to, Zakopana, in the Atra Mountains, which is in the chain of the Carpathian Mountains, which is the Carpathian Mountains, if you know your vampire lore from, uh, who was it? It wasn't Mary Shelley. Bram Stoker, that Carpathian Mountains are the place that runs, the mountains that run through Transylvania, where Count Dracula had his castle and all that, you know, his domain. So, I guess that's like 300 miles away or something like that, or 400 miles away. But they're quite beautiful. Not spooky like that. I guess you could, you know, I mean, you could dial it up so it looked that way. But, you know, I didn't see any vampires there. But there were, you know, it's funny. In the movie, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the one with Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Carrie Elways. Trying to remember all the guys in it. Anthony Perkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Perkins. Anthony. They, uh, Dracula's uh, minions were gypsies. And there are a lot of gypsy people over there. It's funny. They. I don't mean it's funny. I, mean, I don't mean they're just as legitimate and stuff like that. But... When I first went over to Poland, I would see people begging out there and they, on the street, and they'd have this little thing and they, uh, a little little can and stuff like that, and they kind of shake it, and they're just begging in the town. And you see the, the locals just dislike them, but I guess there's always a couple nice people, no matter what, and maybe some of them is superstitious and they don't want to get one of those maloiks put on them. You know, the maloik, it's kind of a curse. Stephen King made it in thinner, you know, when some gypsy person puts a curse on you and stuff like that. We get we get them down here. We got palm readers down here. But, you know, some of the palm reading places in the Keys, there's a shitload of palm reading places in the upper Keys, at least. So at least two or three, which is inordinate considering the size of our population, 60,000, 70,000 people. I wonder how the hell they make money. Well, they make money by 
bilking people and stuff like that because if someone knew how to tell the future, they wouldn't have to go and set up shop someplace. They could just, you know, do cryptocurrency or stock market stuff. That's, I am, I'm varying far and wide. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I'm going to tie the show up. Thank you for listening. Uh, Once again, Poland, please let me in. Or I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow you out. No, I won't. Um, I was doing the three little pigs, but I, I hope Poland allows people like me in. Right now, they are restricting Americans going in there. I made a mistake not being, if I was married and I'd be able to get in there. I'd be able to get, and I shouldn't. I shouldn't be dicking around for that. And I should should be married for multiple reasons other than that. I did it for. I spoke about it in a previous episode. I just didn't do it because I thought it would help with some financially for some of the benefits that my stepdaughter gets from her deceased father. I didn't want to screw that up. Okay, uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and. Twitter, that's Keys Bartender. Send us, send me an email at jimmykeysbartender.com. I know I keep on threatening to do a live show. I think I'm going to be able to do it next week because I don't have anybody at home. I'll go and uh, set up shop at one of the local bars and do a show. And uh, I am still sober. I haven't had a drink. And, uh, I don't think I'm in danger of having a drink, but then again, it's only day to day. So uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, Please come back. Talk to you later. Bye. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria.